Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the ninth day of February. Welcome. It is so great to be here with you today to get to read the Word of the Lord to you and with you. It's my favorite thing that I get to do, and、uh, I hope you're enjoying reading the Book of Exodus. I know it, it can be slow, and there's a lot of details that feel like okay, interesting, interesting.、Um, How do I carry this for encouragement in my day? And I will say, ask the Lord to to show you, Lord, what is it that you want to show me today? What is it that you have for me? And sometimes it it may just be that the Lord wants you to know who He is, and that,、uh, or to understand the depth of the law and the value of it, and how it kept people、uh, kind of in check, I guess. But I don't know that that's the right word that I want to use. But that's the word that I have in my brain.、Um, and now, where we have, we still value the law. We still、um, can can appreciate it because this was from God's mouth. This was from His heart. And so I feel like there's still value in it. And Jesus came to fulfill the law and to give us a way back reconciled to the Father. And so I know we are just inching through. Um, the Bible, and we're still in the Old Testament, and we're <laughs> Jesus. Who's Jesus? No, I'm just joking.、Um, we're not there just yet, but it, my brain just can't help but think and have so much gratitude for y- yes, what we're reading, but then also where we're at now in our story of of life right now. And so, I'm just so thankful for it. But anyways, let's jump into the Word of the Lord today. We are continuing on in the book of Exodus, with chapters thirty through thirty-two. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. Make it of acacia wood. It is to be eighteen inches long and eighteen inches wide. It is to be square and three feet high. Its horns are to be one piece with it. Overlay it with pure gold. Its top, all its sides, and its horns. Make a gold border around it. Make two gold rings to place under its border. Make them for each of its two opposite sides. They will serve as holders for poles with which to carry it. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the altar in front of the veil that hides the ark of the testimony, in front of the atonement seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn incense made of fragrant spices on it every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn the incense. When Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it as the regular incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall offer no other incense on it, no burnt offering and no grain offering, and you shall pour no drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year, with the blood of the sin offering for atonement. Once a year, you shall make atonement for it throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, "When you count the men of Israel to register them, each man shall give the Lord a redemption price for his life as you register him, so that there is no plague among them as you register them. Each one shall give this redemption as he passes over to the group which has already been registered, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is twenty giras, half a shekel for an offering to the Lord." Everyone who passes over to the group that has already been registered, those twenty years old and older, shall give the special elevated offering to the Lord. 
The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less, and half the shekel when you give the elevated offering for the Lord to redeem your lives. You shall take the redemption money from the people of Israel, and you shall designate it for the work of the tent of meeting, so that it may be a memorial for the people of Israel before the Lord to redeem your lives. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, You shall also make a large bronze basin in which to wash. Its pedestal shall be also bronze. Put it between the tent of meeting and and the altar, and put water in it. Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet with water from it. When they go into the tent of meeting, they must wash with water, so that they will not die. They shall wash whenever they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord. They shall wash their hands and their feet so that they do not die. This shall be a permanent regulation for them, for Aaron and for his descendants throughout their generations. The Lord spoke to Moses again. He said, Take fine spices, twelve and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, half as much, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cane, twelve and a half pounds of cassia, weighed by the shekel of the sanctuary, and one gallon of olive oil. Make it into a holy anointing oil, a perfume mixed with the skill of a perfume maker. It will be a holy anointing oil. Use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, the altar for incense, the altar for burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin with its pedestal. You shall consecrate them so that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them will be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and set them apart, so that they may minister to me in the priest's office. Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, This shall be a holy anointing oil for me throughout your generations. Do not pour it on the flesh of anyone who is not a priest. Do not make any other perfume like it with the same ingredients. It is holy. It shall be holy to you. Whoever mixes any perfume like it, or whoever puts any of it on anyone, who is not a priest, shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, shecklet, and helbanum, fragrant spices with with pure frankincense. Use an equal weight of each ingredient, and make incense from it, a blend made with the skill of a perfume maker, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. Grind some of it very fine and put some of it in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting where I will make myself known to you. It shall be most holy to you. When you make incense for yourselves, you shall not make any with this recipe. You shall regard it as holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any fragrance like that for himself shall be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses. Look, here is Bezel, the son of Uri the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah. I have called him by name, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and with skill in all kinds of crafts. He has the ability to create designs. He works with gold, silver, and bronze. He is able to cut and engrave precious stones and mount them. He can also carve wood. He works skillfully in all kinds of crafts. Not only in that, but I also have a appointed Ahoyleb, son of Ahishamach, from the tribe of Dan, to work with him. I have put wisdom into the heart of all the skilled craftsmen, 
so that they may make everything that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the atonement seat that is on it, all the furnishings for the tent, the table and its vessels and accessories, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar for incense, the altar for burnt offerings with its utensils, the basin and its pedestal, the finely woven garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments for his sons to minister in the priest's office, the anointing oil and the incense made of fragrant spices for the holy place. The skilled craftsmen shall do everything just as I command. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, You must observe my Sabbath diligently, because the Sabbath is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you may know that I am the Lord, who sets you apart as holy. So you shall observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it must certainly be put to death. For if anyone does any work on the Sabbath, his life shall be cut off from among his people. On six days, work must, may be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must certainly be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall observe the Sabbath by keeping the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a permanent sign between me and the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When the Lord had finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets, written by God's finger. When the people saw that it took so long for Moses to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Get up. Make a God for us who will go before us. Because this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Pull off the gold earrings from your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people pulled off their gold earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and shaped it with an engraving tool and made it into a bull calf cast out of metal. Then they said, This is your God. Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he, was, he built an altar in front of it, and Aaron made a proclamation. He said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They got up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought fellowship offerings. Then the people sat down to eat and to drink and got up to celebrate wildly. The Lord spoke to Moses, Hurry down. Because your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned from the way which I commanded them. They have made a calf for themselves out of metal and, I've worsh and have worshipped it. They have sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people and they certainly are stiff-necked people. So now leave me alone, so that my anger can burn hot against them, so that I may consume them and make you into a great nation. Moses begged the Lord at his God and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, You brought them out for an evil purpose, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? 
Turn back from your fierce anger and change your mind about inflicting disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self. You said to them, I will multiply your seed like the stars of the sky, and I will give all this land that I have spoken about to your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster which he said he would inflict on his people. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, written on one side and on the other. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is the noise of war in the camp. Moses said, It is not the sound of people who shout for victory, Neither is it the sound of people who cry because of defeat, but I do hear the sound of people who are celebrating. As soon as Moses came near the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger burned. So he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made, burned it with fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it on the water. Then he made the people of Israel drink it. Moses said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you've brought such a great sin on them? Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know these people. They are set on evil. So they said to me, Make a God for us who will go ahead of us. Because this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, Whoever has any gold, pull it off. And so they gave it to me. I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. When Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get so out of control that they were disgraced among their enemies, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. All the descendants of Levi gathered themselves together to Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Every man is to strap his sword on his thigh and to go back and forth throughout the camp from one gate of the camp to the other. And every man is to kill his brother, and every man his friend, and every man his neighbor. The Levites did what Moses said. And that day, about three thousand men from among the people fell. Moses said, Begin your service of the Lord today. Yes, because every man among you took a stand against his son and against his brother. The Lord is bestowing a blessing on you today. On the next day, Moses said to the people, You've committed a very serious sin. I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can gain atonement for your sin. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Yes, this people has committed a very serious sin. They've made a God of gold for themselves. Yet now, if you will, please forgive their sin. And if not, please erase me from your book, which you have written. The Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me is the one I will erase from my book. Now go. Lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Look, my angel shall go ahead of you. Nevertheless, when the right day comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. The Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they had done with the calf that Aaron had made. This story is so fascinating to me. It's so frustrating and you're like, what happened? And then you kind of like look back and you you ponder it for a second. And then you're like, I do this all the time. 
let me break that down in case you're like mm, not me. What do you, like? What do you? What do you mean? The Lord has given us instruction. He has given us our next step. What's going to happen? We hear from Him, and then we are just kind of in this space of waiting. Now, in this particular instance, Moses was gone. I don't know if he was like, okay, guys, I'll be back in 40 days or like, don't know when I'll be back, but wait patiently. Like, that's what I would assume, you know, like you just kind of have that trust and that faith. Okay. You're, he's going to come back. Like that would make sense. He's, he has to come back. He's going to talk up with the Lord. We've seen that this guy is really legit. And so I, I'm going to, I'm just going to trust. It may take a really long time and I may have to remind myself and you over there, I need you to hold me accountable. We all need to hold each other accountable because at some point we're going to have this doubt. Like we're going to, you know, have these feelings of, are we abandoned? Are we alone? Is Moses really coming back to steward us, to shepherd us? Is God really for us? Did these things really happen? Did we imagine them? And again, I don't know if they knew that Moses was coming back in, in 40 days, but let's say they didn't know and they just had to wait and to trust. And so who do they look to? Well, who who did Moses say, hey, if there's any quarrels or disputes, here's Aaron and her. And so that's kind of what happens is they, they get, I don't know if it's bored, do they get impatient? I think it would be impatient. Fear probably starts to creep in is my best guess. Fear creeps in. What are we going to do? No one is leading us. We are people that only know slavery. Here we are, not in slavery. Our leader, our person that has led us into freedom is gone. And so this is a story we can all relate to. When we feel that the Lord is far from us, we scramble, we decide we make up a story in our head that nine times out of ten nine point nine nine times out of ten isn't the truth because we need something to try to make sense of what's going on we need answers we're longing for something to make sense fear sets in which is a natural response it's our body's way of saying something is off something is not right you know, we're born with the fight, flight, or freeze response, mainly for like uh, the the fight is, or sorry, the flight is like if a bear is chasing after you, the fight is uh, someone's coming after your property. You know, like those those things are very instinctual, and um, unfortunately, they just happen in like everyday conversations. But anyways, I say this to say like fear is a very like understandable emotion here. It's an indicator something's going off in their brain. I feel something is off. And then this is the part that leads us into spiraling. We don't take those thoughts captive. We don't choose to trust the Lord and we don't choose to renew our mind. And we feed those thoughts of fear and it becomes panic. And we have these uh, like panic attacks and we're like, oh my gosh, I, like I don't, I feel alone. I feel abandoned. And all of those things really do feel true, but what's the truth? The truth is you're you're okay. Like the Lord didn't leave you scrambling or without or in confusion or chaos. Moses is going to come back. 
I'm pretty sure Moses told him he's coming back. And here's people to that are going to be like my right, my number two, number three people. So that if anything happens, like you're in good hands, like you're cared for. And so that kind of happens in the same scale of us where it's not that the Lord is like going away for 40 days. That's a little bit different, but we have access to his Holy Spirit and, and to him. And so I believe that this, we find ourselves in this story. We find ourselves in the fear settling in of, ah, oh, man, Lord, you didn't come through for me in the way that I, that I thought. Ah, oh, man, like, and then it just kind of spirals into whatever story you're telling yourself. And I think the thing that we have to remember is that the Lord is always with us. He's omnipresent. And sometimes we may not always feel him. Um, I've been learning a lot. I've been doing a lot of, um, it's like, I guess kind of studying about how the mind works and how our bodies just function. And um, there's a, a lot of great resources out there to help educate, but something that I feel is necessary for us to understand and for the church to understand is like we have a, we have something called attachment styles, attachment theory. And it's basically how we were responded to from our primary caregivers. And so that affects our day-to-day relationships with people. And I mean, it just affects the relationship with ourselves, relationships with others, and definitely our relationship with God. And so there's a couple different attachments. And I won't really get into that. It's not the point of it, but I'm just saying like, Sometimes we beat ourselves up about like, oh man, I couldn't trust. Or man, I like had so much panic. I had so much fear. Dang it, why can't I get it right? And that's one, not the voice of the Lord. Two, not the point of life. And three, sometimes it has a lot to do with things that we're not really even aware of. And so with the Israelites who just came out of slavery, like I, again, would be so curious to see a brain mapping to see what was has happened to their brains to where they are incapable of trust. But it's not like the Lord hasn't tried. It's not like he hasn't laid out this beautiful and sacred agreement with them of saying, this is a covenant that I want to enter into you with. This is what I'm asking. This is what I'm giving you. This is who I'm willing to be and who I am for you. You will be my people. I will be your God. What do you say? And they're like, yeah, there's blood splashed all over them. They agree. They go into this. Moses leaves for 40 days and they're like, Aaron, we're freaked out. What's going on? And so Aaron panics. He doesn't really know. Clearly, he doesn't have indication of when Moses is coming back. And so he he settles into panic, too. And so he's like, okay, bring me all your gold. Immediately, like, tries to think of, of what else to do. And here's why I think Aaron went wrong. I think right then and there. Because he had an opportunity to speak into these people's lives and to say, listen, we're going to stay put and we're going to pray. We're just going to wait and we're going to go about our day-to-day lives. We're going to remember what the Lord spoke over us, what what Moses shared with us, and we're going to wait and we're just going to chill. And if you need to go run around the block a couple times, great. Like run around the desert. We're going to be okay. And I need you to hear my words. I need you to trust. And you can't, we're going to pray, you know, but that wasn't the case. We just read what happened a calf is made and they say this is the one who delivered us out of Egypt and I'm like have you gone mad truly because you know who just delivered you out of Egypt you know who has rescued you from slavery you know who drowned your enemies in the Red Sea like you sang 
a victory song for this, and yet now there's this golden calf that you just saw be made, who is not living, who can offer you nothing, who can do nothing for you, and yet you choose to say, give this glory, where you've already given God the glory for this. And so I just want to say, like, this story is, is a hard one to read for sure, and this is, you know, the downfall. It's like, again, an, another what feels like downfall of humanity. Um, but I feel like we can find ourselves in this story. And um, I think it's important to realize, number one, the Lord is worthy of our trust. and you know, He is worthy to be praised. And whether that is a situation that your brain can grasp easily or something that you're like, I just, you don't get it, you don't understand, this is my situation. I, I maybe don't, but we just read something that feels like on a grand scheme of things. You know, these people are intense. They are, <laughs> they are slaves who are learning how to be free and they are struggling deeply. And so whether that's something, whatever, wherever you relate with, whatever your story is, hear me when I say it's valid, it's real. And the Lord knows. He knows where you've been. He knows where you are. He knows where you're going. I, that's what I believe. I truly do. And so I think that this story is a great one for us to, to see ourselves in and to say, okay, I get uneasy in the wrestling with the timeline. Lord, I thought it was going to happen this way. Or I thought it was going to happen this year, this month, this week, today. Lord, I thought this was going to happen. I thought I heard you correctly. And now, Lord, I feel like you're far from me. And so if you're not going to help me, then I guess I got to do it myself. Like I've had those conversations with the Lord, you know, maybe not verbatim of that, but like those feelings, you know. And so ultimately we have to realize we are not God. We are not sovereign. We are not holy. And he's not asking us to be Really, he, I mean, he calls us to be a holy people and he, walks, he wants us to walk with him in righteousness, but he knows, he knows our hearts. He knows our weaknesses. He understands our humanity and yet he's still calling us to a higher standard. And so this is me today saying, I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through, where you're going, but the Lord does. And I know that he is safe to trust above every other voice, above every other thing that is saying, he didn't come through for me this way. He just didn't come in the way you expected. And sometimes we have unvoiced expectations, even with the Lord. And I learned this a while ago. There's someone who said it. It's not my own words. Um, but often we don't know we've had expectations until they've gone unmet. And so we have to be real with, oh, okay, I, I put that expectation on you, Lord. That wasn't even, you didn't even say that that way or that at all. I, I put that on you. Man, I got to repent for that. So I had an attitude and everything. And that wasn't right of me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to trust you. I'm not going to put my gold into the fire and make a calf. I'm going to put my hope and my faith and my trust in the Lord. And if nothing else, if nothing else comes of that, because that, like the reality is, is if they were to, to, to cry out and pray and to ask the Lord to come, um, like if they if they really did cry out to the Lord, I don't know that the Lord would have been like, oh, my people are unrested. They, like they need you. I got to speed up what I'm saying. Like, no, there was, the Lord knew what he was going to say. So we have to be okay with the fact of like, 
it may not happen just because we ask for it or just because we ask the Lord to do it. He's sovereign in his own timing. And that's something that is so difficult to understand and to live in, but it's the truth. So anyways, I feel like I'm talking forever. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the story that we read today. Lord, maybe we see ourselves in it, maybe we don't. But God, I pray for those of us who see ourselves in this story. Lord, I just pray that you would refine us. Lord, that you would send people around us that would sharpen us. And um, that we wouldn't be a people who feel scattered, who feel panic when we are feeling like we are apart from you. But we would be a people, one, that can regulate our emotions, to center ourselves and to say, I'm going to remember some truth right now and lord if we can't i know that sometimes we hit those moments of weakness and we need others to remind us god i pray that we would also be a people who can remind people of truth sound truth and what your word says and what you would say god and i pray that we would just be a people who desire who you are and that lord we would be okay with waiting and trusting in you and um Lord, I thank you that when we pray for our trust to expand or for our faith to rise or to grow, it doesn't, sometimes it, it does. And sometimes there's things that we walk through and that you are growing it in. And so God, I pray that in all things, we would choose to trust in you. In all things, we would put our hope and our faith in you. God, your word says that hope deferred makes your heart sick and that um, faith outside, like we can't please you without our faith. And so we need those things. We see that they're vital. And so, Lord, I just pray that we'd be in people who choose you, who choose the right thing, who choose the holy and good and hard things. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, that is all from me for today. Stick around and listen to my mom who's going to uh, continue to carry you and uh, update you on the stories, the pilgrimage that they are on in Israel. But that is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Thank you, darling daughter. Today launched and we started in the wilderness. We took in the vastness uh, in Beersheba and we tried to count the grains of sand. And wouldn't you know, we lost count quickly. I mean, we really could spend days at each site and gain the history, just reacclimate ourselves with the stories that we've read and all of the, the details. And sometimes we just have minutes, you know, it's, here's the important parts of this story, snap your pictures, cause we've got to move on. Uh, so to try to take in the vastness of the desert is, is, well, we talked about it yesterday too. It's really, hard to articulate what the mind has trouble taking in uh, but we were there and then we had lunch uh, with the Bedouins uh, which is such an incredible experience of e experiencing the life of a Bedouin and there's uh, I can tell you there's lots of camels and I can remember a few years ago we <laughs> we drove up and we we thought little fella was just asleep and come to find out he was not so fortunate so that was fun and funny to play back in my mind from my last experience here and uh they make us a wonderful lunch 
where we sit on the ground and eat with our hands to really experience the the fullness of the culture and experience. Uh, It ends with some wonderful Turkish coffee. And then we were well on our way um, to uh, Brian, maybe his favorite ice cream in the world. I think he said that at one time. I don't know if it still is, but a little stop in shop, grab your essentials uh, and get some of the best ice cream Israel has to offer. And then we headed to the Red Sea, which was our final destination for the night. And we're positioned in such a way that we are literally hugging the border of Egypt. So to realize that and shift your perspective to where you're standing and realize, you know, Egypt is but a stone's throw 500 feet that away, it causes you to look at things and places and people so much differently. And of course, you know, puts a lot of those little pieces of the puzzle that are missing pop into place in the stories uh, that we've read so far in the Bible. And really it just expands perspective. There's that word for the year, expands expanding our learning and comprehension and that's such a wonderful thing that god allows us the gift to do so that was it in a day a full day a good day and of course our our thoughts our awareness uh, goes to those in turkey that have lost their lives and loved ones uh, in the earthquake what a devastating piece of news to fly into and uh, just hearing about it here is a, a really big deal. There was another earthquake that took place in Syria. We we did miss them both, um, but we spoke to people that felt the one in Syria and again, that shifts our perspective and our, our thoughts. So, Lord, in our ineptness, have mercy. And Lord, where we can and should do more, have mercy on us. So tomorrow is uh, another new day and we will head toward the tabernacle, uh, which is so wonderful that it is close to aligning where China has read with instruction, specific instruction in regards to uh, the tabernacle. So we'll just end there by starting there with what's happening tomorrow. And the rest, uh, we'll just we'll keep for a surprise and see what tomorrow holds. But we again, thank you for your prayers for us. Still very tired, still very much adjusting. It's going to take a few days, uh, but we're still so excited to be here and journeying through the Bible as it comes to life. So until tomorrow, where we will turn the page together, love one another. Hello, this message is for Gina from California. I just heard your your message from January 24th. And I just want to say that my heart hurts for you and your family who went through that. Um, Not only did you go through the um, aftermath of the review by falling into the depression and whatnot, um, but then to find out later 
that there was betrayal involved, basically. I can't imagine um, what how you must feel as a follower of Jesus and a Christian. And I just want to let you know that God knows where your heart was for the time that you um, extended your home to this person, to this stranger, basically, and um, gave him purpose in your shop. And I just want to say, don't forget that God sees that and that God knows that and he knows exactly where your heart was during this time. And because of that, that he'll provide through your shop, he'll provide to your family and you don't have to have any kind of worry about the damage that has been done online because God's got that and God is strong for you and he makes you strong and I'm sorry that you went through this but I just want to pray really quick right now dear Lord I pray that you surround this family with your strength and your comfort and you remind them that they get that strength from you and that you saw where their heart was Lord and and you will provide for them always in your name we pray amen Hi, this is Chastity from Kansas. I just wanted to call with an update on our son. Uh, my voice is going out, so I apologize. Um, I just wanted to let y'all know that he is doing awesome. Um, I've called about him before. He's autistic, and we had struggles with his teeth brushing. And um, with his language, he's not, um, hadn't been talking. Um, as far as his speech, he's doing really well. He's starting to um, sound out letters, and he's trying to form those letter sounds together into small words. So we're making really good progress. His teeth are doing good. Um, he's actually helping us brush his teeth sometimes now. So he's getting a lot better with that. Um, he did go to the dentist and they said that he does need a couple of crowns, but his teeth look really good overall. And today, um, January 29th is his fourth birthday. So we took him out to celebrate last night and he um, enjoyed that very, very much. We um, recently took him bowling for the first time back in December. So that's how we celebrated his birthday yesterday with friends and family, and he absolutely loved it. So that was amazing seeing the smiles on his face. <clears throat> I want to thank all of you who have prayed for him, and um, I love all of you, and I ask that God blesses every single one of you and your families. Y'all have a blessed day. This is Tanya from Suffolk. I wanted to pray for uh, his beloved called in. She was asking for prayer for her daughter and her husband um, in reference to, I believe it was having some type of ministry and it wasn't aligned up, but well, not their ministry, it was someone else that came in contact with and it wasn't aligned up with God's word. So Heavenly Father, you know what, Lord God, they're in the need of Heavenly Father. I'm asking right now, Father, that you just intervene on on the family's behalf, Heavenly Father. I'm asking, Lord God, that any and everything, Father, that is not of you, Lord God, be cast back into the pits of hell, Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, I'm just trusting and believing in you right now, Lord God, that everything and everyone is going to line up according to your word and your will, Heavenly Father, that your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven, Heavenly Father. And I'm asking, Lord God, that everyone that her daughter and her family come in contact with, Lord God, that you, Lord God, just the anointings that they have upon them, Lord God, will just flow until flow on until others, Lord God, that will just have them to want to follow your will, Lord God, and 
become more Lord God like you and just lean unto your understanding and not theirs, Heavenly Father. And I just believe in right now, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Dabsey family, as always, I love you guys. Continue to, breathe, continue to be encouraged. You guys have a good night. Hi, D-A-B-C family. This is the burning bush that will not be devoured for the glory of our God and our King. Today I'm praying for wisdom. Praying that God will Give me wisdom and discernment. And also pray for wisdom and discernment for those out there needing to make decisions. Praying against anxiety in the name of Jesus. Praying that God will give us the peace that surpasses understanding. Praying for China today. Praying that God will bless the work of her hands, give her peace. I pray that God will bless her family. Her daughter. I also pray for Brian and Jill and the rest of the family. May God's blessings continue to rest upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>